0: yes powered by set.
1: Hello and welcome back to Line Noise on Radio Primavera Sound. It's now season three, and we're going to keep on unpicking the best bits of electronic music, picking away at those threads. To start off with for Season 3, we have a very special guest indeed, uh, a fabulous London producer who topped a lot of year-end polls, it's uh, Lorraine James. This being 2020, uh, the interview was done on Zoom, isn't everything. Um, So you know, it's got that Zoom quality, but she's an absolutely fascinating person, so uh, do tune in. Today on Radio Primavera Sound we welcome fearless London artist Lorraine James whose brilliant 2019 album for you and I was a wonderfully personal excursion into electronic noise and melody that topped many end-of-year polls. Lorraine, hello and how are you doing?
0: I'm okay thank you, how
1: are you? I'm alright thanks, I'm alright. How has lockdown been for you?
0: Um, just feels like each day is kind of repeating itself, pretty much. But then, uh, up and down, pretty much.
1: You've you've been very creative. I mean, you've released a lot of music. Has it been easy for you to make music at this time?
0: Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no. Like sometimes, uh, like right now, it's been like a few weeks since I've like made anything, and like kind of get down. About it when I don't get like kind of frustrated with myself, when I don't, when I'm not productive in any kind of way. So, yeah, I definitely have bouts of being really productive and not being so much. So,
1: are you the sort of um, artist that when you only sort of work when you get inspiration, or are you the, the kind of person who can sit down and go, Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna write something?
0: It's a bit of both. Like sometimes I, I can be inspired and literally I run over to my laptop and that like flicker of inspiration is gone and I'm like, oh, okay. And then sometimes I'll just, you know, just that not no inspiration whatsoever and just see what kind of happens. But obviously sometimes as well, I get frustrated because it just sounds pretty rubbish and uh, I end up like exiting Ableton and just giving up for the day kind of thing.
1: One of the things um, I love most about your, your music is that um, I don't know how to define it. Like um, a lot of kind of types of music, it's very easy to say that's house or techno or, or whatever, um, but I, I can't do that with, with your music. Um, and I, I know typically artists sort of don't like labeling what they do, but I mean, say if you, if you were running a record shop and a new
0: Lorraine James record came in, what section would you put it in? Oh, uh, I don't... I do hate that question. Don't, I don't even know where to put it under myself. Like, if people ask me, I just kind of say, electronic music, but a like very like umbrella term and take it how you will kind of thing. Um, yeah, I'll just kind of put it under like the electronica kind of section. I don't know. I, yeah, because I, I, do, I do kind of struggle where to place my music as well just yeah
1: I mean do you ever think when when you're when you're making music do you ever sort of think that you're going to make something in in a genre or does it just sort of come
0: oh yeah there's a few times where I've you know listened to specific artists or whatever and like I want to try and make something of that genre or of that person's style and it ends up being like the complete opposite or I'll just Kind of make it kind of like Lorraine James here and interpret it in a different way kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot of, um, I'll try and do something and it ends up kind of different to what I originally thought.
1: You told um, Pitchfork uh, in an interview that, that you used to love indie rock and, and math rock. Um, yeah. Do you think that's something that you can hear in your, in your music nowadays?
0: Uh... I mean, in my like earlier deleted band camp stuff, yeah, definitely. Uh I don't know. Um it depends, like when I it's like a track and it's very melodic and I've like actually decided to get my keyboard out and play stuff, I've definitely like the way I play like the cues are definitely influenced by like the polyrhythms and like, you know um, yeah, math rock kind of stuff with how the guitars like intertwine with one another. I'm like really into that. So yeah, definitely when I, I use the keyboard stuff, I'm influenced by that.
1: You, you mentioned so sort of just now that you, you've got deleted things on on Bandcamp. Um, yeah. Did you, were, there, were there lots of things there that you wanted to to delete? <laughs>
0: there were there were they were in private for a while. And then, like I think, mid late twenty eighteen, I was like, let me delete because, it was like, when it was kind of like when people uh, more kind of started going on my Bandcamp, and I was like, I should probably like delete some of the stuff. So, yeah, it was. I mean, like a lot of that stuff was like from when I literally first ever started producing. So I was like sixteen, and so yeah, yeah, just wanted to get. I don't know. I just it. <laughs>
1: was it because you you didn't think it was up to the the standard or was it just sort of quite um different from what you do now?
0: It is it is definitely more like, like that electro- less it's is less. Yeah, it's less electronic um than it is now and it's yeah, it sounds I don't know, it just doesn't sound great. It really sounds I dunno. I don't know if I'll like Yeah, I don't know, it it just it just didn't sound finished, but I don't know how to describe this. It. It I don't know. It just sounds old, doesn't it? Like when you listen back to something you've done some years ago, about like six years ago for me now, and you just kind of like screw your face and like cringe, just kind of like that basically.
1: Are you generally very, very harsh about your music? Like your own uh, strongest critic?
0: I mean, yeah, I mean like, you know, most of the time, if like if I leave the house when I'm at traveling, I like listen to my own music, but like not because I'm like, yeah, times I listen to Laverne James, I'm just like critiquing it every time, or like trying to imagine it in this scenario and that scenario and would people like it and this and that. Um, yeah, I definitely like review my music a lot of the time, and a lot of the time, like once I put something out, I don't listen to it again. Like even for like the Few and I album, I. I think I listened to a bit of it this morning, but I, before that I hadn't listened to it in like months. I just, yeah, I was really just, once it's out then just like, eh, okay, I don't
1: know. What inspired you to listen this morning?
0: I just sort of wanted to listen to, so I saw, like yesterday I kind of listened to stuff I made like, four or five years ago and so today I listened to that more recent stuff and I was just seeing what I like changed and like how I progressed or haven't progressed I don't know um you know music and stuff um yeah I was just kind of just seeing where I'd gone with it pretty much
1: Is there a song of yours that you would play to someone to define what you do?
0: I don't know. I'll pick a song that isn't too long, because I know people get bored quite (laughs) quickly, including myself. Uh, I'll probably choose, like, Glitch Bitch, because it's just, like, easy and it's straightforward. Like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) I've had people describe me as, like, construction site music or some stuff. Yeah, I'll probably, like, choose a pretty, like, more straightforward uh, Lorraine James song.
1: It feels to me like your music um, is sort of club influenced without sort of necessarily being club music, if that makes any sense.
0: Yeah, no, I understand. Yeah.
1: Do you ever do you ever dance
0: to your music?
1: I mean, I'm guessing yeah. not from what you said. but you never. Do you ever dance to it?
0: So, I, mean, I mean, no. I mean, I definitely wouldn't. If I was at a party, I wouldn't put on my music. <laughs> but like, I mean, like. If like, if, I was, if I'm playing live, then I'm like when I'm doing my live set, I like do a little shimmy, but like genu- generally speaking, no, I don't. <laughs> I wouldn't even yeah. know how to dance my music. I think because I know I made it, so I just, I just wouldn't know what to do. I'd probably just stand and be like, yep.
1: A little shimmy sounds good, though.
0: Huh? <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. It's- I'm not a great dancer, honestly, so I really wouldn't. I'd probably keep it to a shimmy at that. <laughs> um,
1: You uh, are on Hyperdub, which feels like a, a very natural home uh, for you. Uh, how, how did you end up on on the label?
0: Um, Literally, I mean, I, because of Object Blue, I mean, uh, like, two years ago or so, I... Like I kept hearing her name about and I I sort of messaged her just saying I I really dig your music basically. And then the next minute she was like playing a song of mine called Thinking Of You. Like I hadn't sent it to her anything. And then she invited me like onto her Rinse a FM show at the time and whilst I was there she like tagged Hyperdub and saying they should sign me. And yeah, like a day or so later I got a Message from them saying I should send over some stuff, and yeah, that's pretty much how it happened.
1: Do you feel a sort of kinship to to the artists they have on their on their roster?
0: Oh yeah, I mean, like I've I've been a fan of Happy for years, so like for them to be interested it was just like wow, you know, I, like big fan of Jesse Lanza, like obviously Burial and and um, Lord Halo and stuff like that. So yeah, to Be on Hyperdub is just like crazy to me, honestly.
1: Um, And you you released the album um, for you and I on on Hyperdub uh, last year. Um, As I said, it was uh, top of many sort of year-end polls. Were you surprised anyway about how how people reacted to it?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I remember being at school where I was working and just like getting tagged and like Marcus from Hyperdub messaging me saying, oh, you made like the DJ Mag number one thing. I was just like, what? Like, I was really like stressing about the album because I did this stupid thing of like, just before it came out, I sort of listened to like other Hyperdub stuff and like comparing their stuff to mine. I was just like, oh, my stuff is really like dry and bored. I'm just like, oh. Oh, yeah, I was really like, oh, people going to, like, really hate this. So I was, like, really surprised that it ended up on many year-end this, honestly. Really, really surprised.
1: If it's any help, I really don't think it's dry and boring at, at all. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like I almost have to uh, be, a, be a cheerleader or something.
0: <laughs> I know, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I analyze my music a lot, and I'm always just, yeah... I oh, don't no, know, a the time Like I may like, love a bit of music that I've done for a while and then it ended up just like, oh, I could do better or like, I, yeah, like compare myself to other people. And oh, my God, their production skills are like 10 million times better than mine. My... Like, but I do that quite a bit, which isn't good, but yeah.
1: It, it felt like um, it was a very personal album for you. Was that the case?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, it was it was about where I grew up. You know, the the flat's over in Ponders End, and you know, right now there's only like one flat left standing now. And um, also that was also about sort of being in love as well. So yeah, it was definitely the most personal thing I've ever written. Like prior to that, like the music I made was kind of more thinking about more like the technical aspects and. Rather than how I feel, so it was definitely a change for me. Um, yeah,
1: can I ask what's the most personal track on, on the album and why? Uh,
0: it would, I guess, it would probably be Sensual or see, oh, something like Hand Drops or something. Um, yeah, like. I don't just get like really with like hand jobs. You know, it's about like sort of like PD kind of thing. I just get like really stressed just about showing any kind of affection. Um, you know, afraid of like harassment and all that stuff. So like, yeah, that song is like kind of important to me. And also, obviously, Central was about um, my ex-girls at the time and. Yeah, I never like kind of did a lovey song like that before and Theo who did the vocals and that just like completely elevated the song and yeah.
1: Was it sensual that um Code9 was unsure about putting on the album?
0: <laughs> yeah he was. Uh, I kind of wanted like a slow kind of lovey dovey kind of song on the album. I mean, I, I didn't really think people were going to like it to be honest, but I I wanted it because for myself kind of thing. Um, so I kind of saw where it was coming from, but that was definitely a song that I wanted to be on the album. Like it wasn't a song I was willing to knock off.
1: I mean, I, I think personally, uh, I really like it. Well, firstly, because I, I like... You know songs like that that kind of have, uh, well, love songs, but also because there's a massive contrast. I mean, if you take the contrast, like a track like "London Thing," which is uh-huh. feels incredibly angry, I like the contrast. Yeah. I think the contrast between the two really stands out, and you know, you get that whole run of human emotion.
0: Yeah, definitely. I yeah, I'm surprised that people do like that song, I also remember listening to a lot of the time, but also I was just like, ah, oh, is, you know, Steve Wright, maybe, uh, maybe it shouldn't go on, but yeah, I'm definitely glad I, I, I kept it on uh, the album.
1: I wanted to ask about, about um, London Ting, Dark As Fuck. I mean, it, it mm-hmm. feels very angry and did you find like making music helps you to sort of process anger?
0: yeah I mean it was definitely i mean honestly like the the biggest inspiration for that track was definitely um you know dizzy rascal's boy in the corner i was that song I was really inspired and also like from a production standpoint like a lot of my stuff is very like clean and airy and warm, so I definitely wanted to make a song that was completely different to what i've ever done before, and so I definitely wanted to make it like kind of gritty and heavy in a sense.
1: Another thing I find fascinating, I was reading again, the, the Pitchfork interview is that you did a degree in commercial music. Um, yeah. What did you learn from that? I mean, do you find things from that, that, are, that apply in, in what you do now?
0: It definitely helped me in terms of like, the live aspect, like, I mean, you know, before, I really wasn't sure what what I even wanted to do with music. Like, you know, I knew I wanted to do it, but yeah, because I didn't really know about live performance at all. And I said there was like a live performance module. I had to like get in groups and perform in a few venues in London. And, you know, Lee Black, who was on London team, was in my group for that. And we did a couple of shows, you know, sort of trying to figure out a way to turn this into a live set. I mean, then I really didn't know how to like, I'd finish a song and then like press, load another track on Ableton. So I'd be like standing still for like a minute or two, waiting for it to load. Like I really didn't know how this thing worked. But um, yeah, I think that that particular module helped me. Definitely, I was like, yeah, I definitely wanted to do the live, live performance thing and push this music thing forward
1: i don't know if i'm taking this too literally but Mm -hmm. does did the degree in commercial music mean you were actually you you had bits of looking at like making commercial music like pop songwriting and things like that or was that not not part of it
0: honestly like we could actually make kind of whatever we want um i mean a lot of people made like rap and a lot of it was electronic as well and more like commercial electronic etc so it definitely wasn't limited to just like straight up commercial music um like i said like um my first album uh detail which i put out um, 2017 which was the year i finished uni i the album was also for my final music project so i did the album during like for my final music project and you know i got like good Grades, whatever it was called, but I don't even remember. Um, for that, like the the what are they called the, perf- the lecturers, like liked what I did. So yeah, definitely it wasn't limited to just like straight up commercial music. And have most, they, a lot of people were kind of doing that, but yeah, it wasn't.
1: Have, have your sort of formal teachers listened to what you've been what you've been doing since?
0: Uh, I know a couple have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. um, th- yeah, th- uh, like even from like college and um as well, like they've like this to me from time to time and like somehow proud I've come and stuff like that. So yeah, definitely they they have, yeah.
1: You used to work as a primary school teaching assistant. Um and mm-hmm. I read that at some point you were gonna perform a gig for the kids at, at the school where you worked. Did did that happen in the end?
0: No, it didn't. I Literally, it was like, "Yeah, you're gonna do it," and it didn't happen. Then they said, "Yeah, you're gonna do it," and it didn't happen. So I have no idea why, but you know, yeah, <laughs> it just didn't. It just didn't happen.
1: Have you ever played your music to to any of the, the pupils then?
0: I haven't, but my mum has. I mean, she, we we worked in the same school, so my mum did. I was like, "Oh my god, sorry, <laughs> guys, so embarrassing." <laughs> yeah, my mum has, yeah. <laughs> I
1: love that a proud mother you
0: know very much she's very much that <laughs> she's very much that
1: I, I should put think, it I... on
0: her facebook before she put it on her facebook before I've even said anything <laughs>
1: um I I in the name of experimentation I um I played uh a couple of your tracks to my children who are of uh well of six and uh seven and <laughs> They enjoyed it but I think they were a bit confused, basically.
0: <laughs> but I think if you
1: if you'd been there doing it doing it live in front of them, they would they'd have been they'd have really, really enjoyed it.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean like I like, use like a launch panel stuff so there's like lights and people seem to like the lights, so I think they would have been into that, yeah.
1: <laughs> I was gonna say you played Barcelona um, earlier this year, just before lockdown
0: just uh before, lockdown yeah. started. How was it? How did it go? Oh, I loved it. I, I mean, I, just, I was only in Boston for like a day and I would definitely, like once I got back to London, I was like, I want to go back there. Like, yeah, the people were so nice. Like, uh, the venue was as well. Uh, yeah, I really, I really, really had a good time. I was like surprised how early people came as well. I was like, oh, but um, yeah, no, I loved it. I really did love it. I, well, I know people,
1: well. people were very excited about it. Um, which I guess will explain why they, why they turned up on time.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a really good night. And I'm, I'm glad, yeah, definitely glad like it wasn't like a shit gig for like one of the last ones in a while. I'm glad it was like a good one. It was really good. actually. I really enjoyed it.
1: Um, you've worked quite a lot with vocalists. How, how does that work? Is it a case of you giving them a song and they, they perform over the top or is it like you both getting together and, and putting something together?
0: I mean, yeah, it's literally like kind of like a sending kind of thing. Like a lot of the people I've collaborated, don't like live in London, um, so like yeah, I just like send, I send them a few track ideas or like a specific song I had in mind, and then they would like record where they live or where they're based, and they would send it back to me. Pretty much, yeah.
1: Do you ever do you ever do things in in person, or is it always sort of? Um...
0: I need to get better at doing it in person but yeah I mean a lot of the time it is over the internet but also I just find it like hard to like schedule like a lot of the time there's you know how can I describe so even like like, even when it's like meeting up with your friends like oh yeah we're gonna meet up on Saturday and then it doesn't happen and you say the next week and you say the next week and it just like just drags out when it doesn't need to so I don't sometimes I kind of find like just Doing it through the internet is quicker sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, I should definitely do things more in person. <laughs> also, I'm kind of a shy person, so I kind of prefer doing things through the really interwebs. But yeah.
1: Um, and you've got a new EP out, uh, Nothing, which is, I think, October the, the 2nd. Yeah. Um, tell us about it. How does it fit into to what you do?
0: Yeah, I did that right at the beginning of the year. Um, You know, I definitely feeling really down and, like, kind of numb about stuff that was going on at the time. And, um, yeah, so I made, like, a few tracks. And I did, like, a public, like, Twitter call out just asking who wanted to collab kind of thing. And... um, yeah, Joni from HTRK, I sent her a few songs and she chose uh, the one that's Don't You See It. And but prior, I mean, I wasn't really sure about the instrumental that track. I kind of wasn't massively into it at first, but when she sent me her vocals back and I sort of tweaked the arrangement a bit, I, I, yes, I fell in love with the track then. Like sometimes it takes me a while. Sometimes I don't see things until vocals are on it or been arranged and, uh, whatever I can see like it's true potential kind of thing. Yeah.
1: You did a Twitter corner and it, it um, did lots of people get in touch? I mean were they or were there lots of sort of people you'd never heard of who wanted to do it? How
0: that... Yeah. I mean Todd I'd never like heard of before. I, um he was recommended by a few Manchester people that I know and they said you should hit up Todd Todd and um I checked out a couple of stuff here on SoundCloud. And, um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I really liked what he, he did as well. And Leela, I, I think we've followed each other already. And I, I don't even remember what happened. I don't remember if she said she was interested or not. I don't remember. But um, I've been into her stuff for a while. And, um, yeah, so I basically, there was a few other people as well. But I kind of decided on those, like those songs and those three, and yeah.
1: I'm I'm amazed that it it was a sort of came about like that just because it's so it's so good. I mean, you got so many. It almost sounds like a recipe for disaster, but it works absolutely brilliantly.
0: Yeah, you never know what the, what can happen, but um, yeah, you got yeah. I don't know. I
1: there is. I know a, what you
0: mean. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I mean, yeah, I mean, like with like Leela and Janine, especially like, I'm like fans of their work already. So I kind of, I was like, something can happen, like, you know, <laughs> even if it's shit, something can happen. <laughs> It'll be okay.
1: If it's shit, I'll just stick on Bandcamp and then delete it. and then.
0: We'll... <laughs> yeah, delete it like two years later or something. I'll put it on private.
1: Um, another recent thing you did, or it came out recently, was um, you remixed uh, Max de "Fox Foxtrot, which comes from his um, oh, yeah. music for Detune Pianos album, which is another album I really love. Very very strange, but very beautiful record. And
0: yeah.
1: How did that come about? It strikes me as something that's very difficult to remix, because it is so... Oh my
0: God. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty difficult. I... I struggled for a while, because obviously everything's detuned and and stuff. I was like, I don't even know what on earth to do with this. It was definitely my first time, like, really just struggling. I I was like, I tried chopping it up, and then even then it just didn't sound right sometimes. I remember just, like, closing my laptop a few times to be like, let me just take a minute. Yeah, it definitely took me a while. (laughs)
1: did you Did you know the record before you started, or was it just he he approached you and you you checked out? I didn't know
0: the record yeah no um um he he emailed me about doing a remix for it, and yeah i I checked it out and I was like this this can be really interesting um this can but yeah, it's definitely a challenge but <laughs> definitely definitely put it the hardest uh, thing I think I've had to remix I think but yeah no, i'm I'm happy about it turned out though.
1: Oh, it turned out brilliantly, yeah.
0: Yeah, thank
1: you. So, look, it's it's been a real pleasure. Thank you so much for for taking the time today. Um, What are your, what uh, new plans do you have? A new album in the works?
0: More music? Yeah, um, that's nearly finished, just finishing up on that. And uh, it's got a couple of remixes to do as well. Trying to keep busy, trying not to stress about life and stuff and hoping gigs come back in some form or whatever I don't know but yeah right now I'm just trying to finish off this album which is nearly done and yeah excited to share that excited for the EP to come out as well
1: well I look forward to hearing um, the new album um, when it does come the new EP uh, is brilliant as well um, thank you. and yeah, well it'd be nice if gigs came back, wouldn't it?
0: <laughs> yes. Very much. Very much so, yeah. Well, thank yeah. you so much for talking to us today. No, thank you.